What is up, Janksters? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. And today I wanna to talk about cranial plating as well as all of the cards that are in the same cycle along with cranial plating. And you may be wondering, wait a minute, the cranial plating was part of a cycle? And yes, it was. There's actually one of each color uh, from Fifth Dawn that, that, that does this, uh, something similar but color appropriate. So Cranial Plating is a card that has become pretty um, synonymous with fair and balanced gameplay, he said with heavy sarcasm, uh, because it is, it, actually it's incredibly powerful and very, very cheap, and it was printed at Common in Fifth Dawn. So what does it do? It is an equipment for two colorless. Equip creature gets plus one, plus zero for each artifact you control. Equip cost for one, or black, black, attach cranial plating to target creature you control. Now, back in 2000, was it 2004 when this released? I remember opening a cranial plating and reading that, and equipment was still fairly new at this point. We were still kind of, I at least, was still trying to figure out exactly how, how this stuff functioned, and I'm still relatively new to the game. So this looked redundant to me. I saw the, the attachment clause, and it's like, wait a minute, isn't that the, like, so it has a more expensive equip cost? And it's color locked? Why would I want that? Well, the reason for that is because for Black Black, you can attach cranial plating around at instant speed. So equip costs can only be pay played at sorcery speed. So only on your turn during the main phases when your stack is empty or when the stack is empty. Those are the only times you can pay equip costs. So if you have say, a Lightning Greaves down. I mean, because if this wasn't the case, Lightning Greaves would be absolutely insane. Well, it already is, but it'd be even more insane. Lightning Greaves is an equipment with an equip cost of zero that gives Shroud, meaning that the creature can no cannot be targeted by spells or abilities. If you could move that at instant speed, it would result in basically all of your creatures being untargetable because you could just move it between them to whatever your opponent was trying to target. That would be incredibly busted, and Wizards wouldn't allow that to happen even back then, you know, when, when they were printing these. So, as a result, equip costs are always sorcery speed, except on this cycle. This cycle has colored equip costs, that is two of that color, and you can equip at instant speed. The thing that makes cranial plating so incredibly powerful is, one, we're at a point where a ton of cheap playable artifacts were viable, and they've only printed more since then. So, plus one, plus zero for each artifact you control, in a lot of decks that can take advantage of this, that number is huge. Like, this is, in all likelihood, plus four, plus zero, kind of at a minimum. And for three mana, that's totally worth the price of admission. And you can re-equip it and move it around as need be. Phenomenal. Additionally, if you have multiple creatures online, uh, many of which could be artifact creatures, buffing the number, fun fact, but if you're attacking with multiple creatures, your opponent sets their blocks, and then, at instant speed before damage, you can move the cranial plating to whatever is most advantageous. If there's a pesky creature that the opponent is blocking with, uh, you can move it to you can move the cranial plating to that creature that's that's hitting it to make sure that's a lethal strike. You can uh, move it to an unblocked creature so you get in for face damage, which is kind of the move most of the time, to be fair. Because uh, or in many situations, I should say that's a really good thing to do because obviously you're getting in for a ton of damage. You do that twice, the game's probably over in a lot of decks. So the card is incredibly powerful in that regard for what it does. If you want a power boost in an artifact heavy deck, you're going to be hard pressed to find something that can achieve this sheer number 
for such a cheap cost. Now, as far as Commander is concerned, it is black. You know, it's it's color identity for the purposes of Commander is, li is uh, limited to black. So there are a ton of like red based or is it artifact list that cannot run this in commander and thank goodness because my oh my goodness that would be insane so if you don't have black in your commander color identity you cannot play cranial planning now i did comment that this is part of a cycle and part of the reason that i wanted to talk about this cycle today is because they're all actually pretty good in their own right with the possible exception of the white one but we'll get to that uh, i think all of them are actually very strong and most of them are underappreciated and underrated right now because they're powerful in their own right. So let's just go down the list. I wanna, and we're gonna go in color order. We're gonna start with cranial plating because this particular one has, you know, a bit of a reputation. So that's why we started here. But let's move on to a bunch of other ones that people have forgotten about. And I would highly recommend that you consider putting these down. Um, you know, like, you know, write, write this down, put them in your, <laughs> put them in your cards, uh, on various websites. Cause it could be, could be beneficial. So the next one that I want to talk about is Norak stealth suit in a world where Swiftfoot boots and lightning greaves are defining what powerful equipment is Norak stealth suit just, I haven't, I actually, I don't know. I mean, the last time I saw a Nurox Stealth Suit hit the field, and one of the only times I've seen the Nurox Stealth Suit hit the field in the last couple of years, I played it myself. This card is actually shockingly good. This has the same, um, the same kind of stats, if you will, as Cranial Plating, two to cast, one to equip, and it has the ability blue, blue, attach it to target creature control at instant speed. But equipped creature can't be the target of spells or abilities. The equipped creature has Shroud. Now, the benefit of this, it only costs one. So you can just equip it. So if you play out your commander and you need to protect your commander, pay one, boop, stealth suits on it, you're good to go. If you have blue in your mana base, which you'll have to if you're, in, again, if you're in commander, at any point, if your opponent tries to target one of your things, you can pay blue, blue, and just move the stealth suit over to that thing. It will have shroud when the spell tries to resolve or the effect, you know, the ability tries to resolve and it'll fizzle because all of a sudden the creature is no longer an eligible target. Really cool stuff. I think this is a very effective way, an effective way to protect your board uh, in blue that a lot of people don't know is out there. Cause this was again, a common that was printed in fifth dawn. And if I'm not mistaken, it's still really cheap. So I would highly recommend if you have blue in your commander decks, consider putting this in there. Uh, okay, so I did mention the white one, maybe not so great. Healer's Headdress, two to cast, one to equip, white, white, attach it instant speed. Equip creature gets plus zero, plus two, and has tap, prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. So it gets a toughness buff and it has the opportunity to prevent one damage per turn cycle. Now that could be really beneficial, like it, you know, in a combat situation, it could save one of your creatures, but the chances of that really happening consistently is pretty darn low. So of all of them, I would say this is like, actually just easily the worst, so sorry. Also though, I think this is an interesting case study uh, in the long, rich tradition in Magic of white getting the short end of the stick. Now, that hasn't been the case in recent years. Let's be, let's, I'll be I wanna be clear, but man, back in the day, like they would print a cycle and all these cards would be really cool and then white would have just a total dud and that is what we have in this cycle in a big way with heels headdress healers headdress rather um so next up 
we're gonna move on to green. And this is a card that recently won me a game of Commander, and no, I'm not kidding or being hyperbolic. This is Horned Helm. Pay two to cast, one to equip. Green, green, attach an instant speed. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one, and has trample. If you are in a Voltron strategy and your commander has green in the casting cost, uh, well, or in the color identity, and does not natively have trample. If you're doing a Voltron strategy with a non-trampling commander, I would highly recommend you look into this. For me, it was Marika, the Gleeful Gladiator, the uh, the in-universe version of Zangief. Uh, that's the the deck where this really shone, 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 shined, yes, shone. <laughs> the Horn Helm was critical because Marika has this ability where they must be blocked if able, and then but, but they don't have Trample natively. So Horned Helm gave them Trample, and I did it at a time when I also had Seraph online, so whenever they attacked, they gained Death Touch. So I had Trample and Death Touch on what was, at that time, a nine-power commander because of another buff as well. So as a result, like, that was really problematic for our opponents. And uh, I did end up winning the game because it was it was left unchecked for a couple of turns and was really able to just take over the game. Now, that was a unique scenario, and I'm not saying that there aren't better trampler enables, uh, trample enablers out there. Like, would you... do? Am I recommending you take Shadow Spear out of your deck for Horned Helm? Oh, goodness, no. Absolutely not. Shadow Spear does what this is doing a thousand times better. But if you don't have either... Hornhelm is probably going to be significantly cheaper for you to acquire, and it will do the job. Also, if you're in a lower power pod, it still it still fits, and it's still pretty darn good. And again, being able to attach at instant speed is a big deal. If you've got a lot of large, powerful creatures, being able to instant speed throw this on something that's being chump blocked, that, that could represent lethal, depending on how your opponent's, you know, poised. Those instant speed equips are kind of a big deal. So, yeah, Hornhelm, really solid. I like it a lot. I mean, obviously, I'm literally running this in one of my commander decks right now. So, good stuff. And then the last one that I want to talk about is the red one. Versus going in color order, so here we are. Back close to where we began. With Sparring Collar. Two to cast, one to equip. Red, red, attach an instant speed. Equip creature has a first strike. So, this is very similar to the trample benefit in that... Being able to move this around after blockers have been assigned is a big freaking deal. First strike is no joke. And honestly, if I had to pick the most underappreciated and underrated mechanics of all time, I think first strike would be in my list of top five. Because I think we underestimate it dramatically. If you can have, especially if you can get multiple creatures with first strike down, oh my goodness. If you have two two-power first strikers, your opponent can't, can't cannot attack with a four-toughness creature. Doesn't matter how big its power is. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, Sparring Collar, you can, you can attack with a creature that has it equipped, and then you can move it back uh, at instant speed on defense so that one of your blockers gets first strike. If your opponent is not paying attention, this can get them so badly. And it's one of those cards that people don't see coming. I, honestly, I think this is really freaking good. Like, genuinely strong. So, again, I think all of these cards, for what they do, it is meaningful and has the opportunity to be very impactful on a game. With the bit, with kind of the best ones being, in my opinion, Cranial Plating, where we started, this is like number one, not even close. With Neurox Stealth Suit is a close second. I think this, this ability to protect your creatures at instant speed for blue-blue is really meaningful. Having that on the board is a big deal. And it's also, it's going to prevent your opponents from targeting your stuff. Like, it's funny, uh, 
the fact of having protection on board is really huge. So I mentioned when I was using Horned Helm with a Voltron Jun commander to ultimately, ultimately win the game. There were a couple of points in that game where my opponents had removal and they chose not to target my commander because they had a snake umbra on them, which gave it totem armor. So if they were to destroy Marika, instead just one of the auras that was giving plus one, plus one and the ability to draw a card upon combat damage, um, that aura would have just fallen off and they would have been fine. So there were multiple times when people had removal and they chose not to spend it on Marika and instead targeted something else on the board that was presenting a similar threat. Now, if at any point two people had decided to both spend removal, my commander would have been gone and all my horn helm shenanigans would have been unable to occur. Um, but because I had the Umbra down, those spells and those effects got retargeted to other threats instead of going after my commander. The Nurak stealth suit can can put your opponent in that position as well. Even if you don't have cards in hand, or if you do have cards in hand, I mean, you're in blue, you probably want to leave some open most turns in the late game. Um, if you have two blue open, they probably will not target your things. They probably won't do it because they know you can just move the stealth suit over and fizzle their spell. So they're not going to give you the opportunity in a lot of situations, which is phenomenal because that means that those are resources that are going to other threats or not getting cast at all, which is fine too. So I got to say, I think Nurak Cell Suit is the one, if I if I had to bang the drum for anyone on this, like that we've talked about today that is underrated, it's this one. I would highly recommend if you have a commander deck in blue that has creatures on board consistently, this is especially like combo pieces that you want to save. Like this thing is really excellent. Like, is it better than Swiftfoot Boots or Lightning Greaves? No, but does it do like a pretty decent approximation? Yeah, actually, I think it does. So yeah, thank you for checking out the video or the podcast wherever you uh, wherever you pick this up. I appreciate it very very much. This is a show that I put out pretty regularly. I'm trying to make not quite fully daily episodes of this show, but I'm trying to put as many out a week as I can manage. So go ahead hit the subscribe hit the like if you're here on youtube um or click the follow button or whatever it's called in your app of choice so i appreciate you thank you for checking out the show and i'll catch you on the next one